Howard from the Throne Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia. It's episode 74 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we continue our countdown of Rolling Stone's top 500 songs of all time, and we look at the list from 200 to 151. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is the top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos to be carefully hand-selected and well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo R23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we want to mention Aganorsa Leaf. Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists in the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of the JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian Farm, or Casa Fernandez cigars, you will experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And of course, we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars in Cuba, the leaf of choice makes some of the world's greatest cigars because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate. It fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Arroyo took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years in the experience in the tobacco business, from growing and sharing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farms been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julian and Santusto bring their very own brand to market, each containing that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% authentic Corojo Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Cameroon, a bottle wrapper, representing the golden age of cigars of Cuba from 1947 to 1961. Now available at York Retail, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And be sure to check out the new Aladino Classic coming to a retailer near you. Finally, by Drew Estate, check out and download the Drew Diplomat app, your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California studios for the Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, episode 74, which ironically is airing on July 4, July 4th of July in the U.S., the uh, oh. Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. How about that? I just realized that as I was going through this. Um, so I hope everyone's having a safe Independence Day in the U.S. or wherever you are. This is Will Cooper. I'm in the Perdomo Scott Studios on the Black Stage. And I'm joined uh, 
down under a very chilly morning uh, in Australia yes. by Mr. Dave Burke. Yes, it is chilly here, Coop. It is. Uh, hello, everyone. It's um, seven o'clock in the morning here on uh, July 3rd. So it's what what temperature is it, Coop? Let me have a look here. I only know it in uh, Celsius now. Yeah, the uh, that other says that the uh, surgeon, the John, the John McTavish uh, temperature. I need, yeah, I, I need to find out the uh, freedom temp here. It um, looks like it's fifty four where you are. Oh, I'll, I'll have a look. It's um, I did a probably. quick, I did a quick uh, weather yes. check. Yes. Yep. 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 Fifty. 54 degrees for for you uh, people in the Commonwealth. It is uh, 10 degrees Celsius this yeah. morning. When you get into the, that 50 to 55 range, you're really dependent on having some sunlight to be to have yeah. a comfortable outdoor smoking experience. Because I think <laughs> 50 don't. to 55 with the sunlight and without the sunlight are two different things is what I'm just going to yeah. And at night, you'll you'll be pretty chilly at 50 degrees. So, yeah. But the thing about the show is that since it's in in the morning, it warms up as it goes along. See, that that's a good thing. And that's so, a good thing. Um, um, as opposed to, you know, kind of counting down and getting cold. And and the good no. news is the birds, you don't have to wear the birds right now. So <laughs> I, mean, no. I guess that's going to be a problem in a few months, though, for you. About three yeah, months. A couple we'll, months. Got we'll, the nest behind me. Yeah. And there'll be a basically an attack squadron coming down on Dave Burke during and they episode. love they love that area because I take the nest down and every year they make a new nest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they do that. And that's they do it here. And, and I, I think it was episode 50 where the attack, the famous attack happened. I, I want to say it was around 50 or 49. You got it, some good screenshots of that. There, there's there's it's like podcasting history. I never I mean, there were like. I didn't have the screen in focus when it was happening. So I didn't realize how bad it was until I went back and watched the video. And I'm like, wow, how he didn't get killed during that show. You had to move the next show. I remember you had to move the show. Yeah, I moved it to the back. To, to the, the back. back. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, no, but uh, good to do. Good to do a show with you, Dave. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. Um, it's always fun. And, and you know, we're going to get into this. I've been looking at, at analytics for Jukebox. We've been really blessed that people are tuning in and it's doing really well but the rolling stone series i think has been our one of the most popular things we've done these shows have just have generated a lot of uh interest and in listeners so um and now we're getting into some of the deep parts of the list right now or towards the top i should say so it's going to get very interesting right now so i'm excited to, to kind of get into this because like i said it has become a popular segment on jukebox yeah well, i'm glad people liked it i mean coop and i talked about it and we we're like well, we can't just do one show on 500 songs right like, right that's pretty so we broke it up into the 50s and now we're um yeah we're now nearing the end we're getting close to that coup yeah yeah um yeah but we got we got tons of cigar and music news to start off with we got all oh, we we, de news. we definitely do um on both ends um and i think there's some pretty exciting news um as far as um, both areas go, yeah, I would agree. Oh yeah. Um. So, Dave, what? Let's kick it off. Um. I. I. I wasn't surprised about this one. You. I'm assuming you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have review of the single. Um. I, I think you had the review done like within minutes of the single <laughs> dropping. So. 
But you've been, uh, I did. You've been tougher on singles lately, so I'm kind of curious to see what your thoughts are on this. Uh, it's interesting. Um, so Recoup and I are talking about, and you can find the review on scottjukebox.com. Yep. Okay, since I already know what it is, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Always remember, you can in, you can email us cigarjukebox at gmail.com or just email Coop. Just Coop at cigar Yeah. Yeah, get in there. Um, so Beyonce is dropping a new record and very un Beyonce like. There's a lead single to this record. Mm. I mean, you could argue that Lemonade had Formation as its single, but it wasn't. Formation was a single and then the album dropped and the formation was on it. So it wasn't necessarily a lead single. This is a lead single. Um, she dropped a lead single. Uh, I, ha- I have it under new music, but uh, to give a preview, it is a good. Um, it's a good counterpoint to Drake's new record. Yeah, um, which I find horrible. <laughs> but, <No. laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh it was interesting. The review I have on the site for her new her new single, which I'll just say the name of it now. We'll talk more about it later, but it's Break My Soul is the name of the single. I think Renaissance is the name of the record that's coming out at the end of the month. Um, and the review is part of a review of the single and part of a takedown review of Drake's album. It's sort of because it's both kind of similar music styles. Uh, but no, it's interesting. Um, I it's I'm interested, Coop, in to see what the album's like if this is the lead single. Now, with Beyonce, sometimes her lead singles don't necessarily uh, equate to the album because like Formation was a single off of Lemonade, but Lemonade was a very eclectic album and the single didn't really didn't really tell you what the album was going to sound like. I'll be interested to hear what this album sounds like based on the, on the yeah. single. Yeah. Um, and the single kind of came out of nowhere. Like I, the single came out of nowhere. The album, she's doing it ahead of the album, which is very unlike her. Um, but I'll be interested to see. But this is billed as a single of the album. So um, I'll be interested to see what the rest of the record is like. It, uh, it's very it's very sort of like 90s uh, club sort of house music, the single. Which is which is uh, interesting, which is sort of all the rage at the moment. Um, but yeah, so Beyonce dropped that, which we'll mm-hmm. talk more about at the end of the show. Glastonbury Coop, one of the music concerts I want, bucket list concert I need to go to at some point. It has become, yeah, this has become a folk, and this is a festival, uh, you know, it obviously takes place in the UK, and it is becoming a, like, landmark music event right now. Oh, Every, yeah. You know, it, this is becoming big. It's one of the biggest in the world. It's sort of like, I mean, I don't know, Coop. I think the two big ones now are Glastonbury and Coachella. Those are like the ones, the world world known ones. I, I agree. Uh, I agree with you on that, hundred um, percent. I think those are those are the two. I mean, um, but Glastonbury's not new. This thing's been around no. for a while, but the last few years, I think it's really been taken really off. Picked up steam, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and if you go, so really quickly, if you go to the BBC website, sometimes they have clips of the shows. Um, and listen, to this is just I just took a little bit, a little snip off the poster of uh, who's playing this. It's like a you know multi-day festival. I think four day, I think. Yeah. Um, but this is just a little bit. We got Billy Iris, Coffee, who people know I love. Diana Ross, Coop. Yep. Diana Ross. Played. 
Uh, I'll say the next one I'll save for later. Kendrick Lamar, Angelique Kijo, Courtney Barnett, St. Vincent, and Sir Paul McCartney, who apparently stole stole the festival. Uh, and you left off one big one. Oh, who else was there? I, I you got, left off, you left off of the people. Pet Shop Boys. Who yeah, Pet Shop Boys. Oh, and I got some things to say on that, yeah. Pet Shop Boys. Um, yep. Paul McCartney apparently played for like two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, is not like 10-minute segments. No. You get some serious concert time with these guys. So he's the, he was the headliner of one of the days, he, um, and he played with Dave Grohl, came on stage, and Bruce yep. Springsteen. So he yep. was... Uh, mm-hmm. So that that show got a lot of uh, publicity, I would say, uh, got a lot of uh, news coming out of that out of that show. Um, and uh, Coop, your pet shop boys closed out the show. Um, actually, there's some stuff on YouTube. You can find it. Um, uh, they just they just not, a little bit of a shaky start. It looks like there were a couple of technical issues. But once they got resolved, they knocked it out of the park is what I'm just going to say. And the. And the, and the uh, they look, they are huge in the UK. It's a, oh, yeah. it's a different story here, but they're huge in the UK. They can close out a festival like that. Uh, they did a tremendous job. Like I said, there's some clips out on various sources. Uh, BBC's got some clips. Like I said, YouTube's got some. Um, so I don't, you know, I got to find out how you can watch this live next time. Uh, well, I know now. This requires some trickery in America. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's got to be. You can't just the, connect to BBC. Like, no, you got to be in the UK. But you can find ways around that because the yeah. BBC's site will air them live. Yes, yes. Now I don't know if they air every show, or if they just do the headliner and then like show clips of like the other stages. But yeah. I just saw too. I was just looking at the list. I just sort of I don't know if you mentioned Olivia Rodrigo was there. Um, no, yeah, she was. No, the list is crazy. And, like, and, the list and, is huge. Yeah, and Herbie Hancock was on it too. Yes, Robert Plant and Harrison Krause. This was some. Lineup. Yes, Robert Plant and Harrison Krause were there. Yeah, it's crazy. I was yeah. very excited to see Diana Ross there. I wonder what that show would have been like. Oh, uh, you know, I haven't gone through the Diana Ross set list yet. Um, I do want to go through that. Um, you know. So uh, Diana is also pretty big in Europe, too. She still yeah. kept her uh, her presence in Europe um, pretty strong. So I'm not surprised that she's out. I think she performed. I'm looking at this. She performed for about 45 minutes. So, um, yeah, I think I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look at the shows. But usually at these sort of festivals, like most people get like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. The, pet the, head, the headliner. Yeah. yeah. The headliner. They're like, play as long as you want. Yeah. That's pretty much how it works. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so, but uh, check it out. She did a great set list. I just pulled the set list up here. Um, I'm coming out. You know, oh. my world is empty without you, baby. Love you can't hurry. Love chain react. Chain reaction huge in, in there. Oh, uh, she did. I'm not gonna. She did 17 songs. She that must was, have done some off the new record, surely. Uh, looks like yeah, she did a couple off the new record. Oh, good. Yep. So no, that would have been a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but mostly the class. He closed out what I will survive, which is the Glory Gainer cover. Yes. Yeah. So that was some good. That's good stuff. I mean, that's definitely good stuff. Um, I said they haven't. This is the first festival they did in three years. So this was yeah, it was yeah big yeah. to get this back. Yeah, so I had a lot to do with it. No. Um, on the website I have a like a feature story on women's rights music because there's a lot with the Roe v. Wade decision. There's a lot of uh, women's rights talk in the air. So I just put out some music around that. 
Um, Make your own decision, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, the music's good. Yeah. Check it out, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, and I have some sites in there if you'd like to visit them. Yep. Um, these are new. A couple new ones. R. Kelly Coop finally sentenced. He's done. I mean, this now is, 30 like, years he got. Yeah. But for I guess, in, in you know, we're doing this in a music sense, even though he's, you know, sentenced to very horrific crimes of sexual violence and human trafficking. Um, He'll be in the 80s when he gets out. Yeah. But this case has been going on for years, so it's just yeah. good to get some closure. closure for it. Yeah, I'm sure good for the victims as well to not have to keep having to deal with this case. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, uh, in our country, we, we try to have fair trials as much as possible. Um, there's some serious stuff in the Ooh. R. Kelly. I think we won't be hearing from him. No, probably again. It's a it's no. sad. This is a talented musician. I don't know what to say, yeah, but some horrible stuff. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. This is not like crimes here. This is serious shit that, that was going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's, it is, it is closure. Yeah. For the victims. Yeah, and it's a, it's a court process that's been going on for years. So, yeah. It's good that that has reached yeah. some, some uh, yeah. finalization. Um, last one, Coop. Now, we should do a show on this. Stranger Things is all the rage. It's melting down Netflix. Everybody loves it. Uh, Kate Bush's song. I wrote a, uh, I wrote a, I wrote a feature on this too. Kate Bush's song. She has made almost three million dollars just off of the streaming. <laughs> that the her most her most famous song before this was "Weathering Heights," which had a hundred million downloads. This song, within the past month, has had three hundred and thirty million downloads. <laughs> I'm gonna make a prediction, Dave. Next year, when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame does its inductees, she will be in. I, I, this is very similar to what happened with Duran Duran last year. Kind of getting a little push. And in this case, I think it's, it's some of her best work getting a push. And people are into it. Yeah. So, yeah, I but think that, at some point yeah. we should do a show on this. This is an, this is if, an amazing if you story. Go to, yeah, oh, it's incredible. If you go to Spotify now, so the whole thing about Kate Bush's song is one of the characters goes in the upside down Max. And this is the song that plays that she loves, loves the song in the in the in the show. And at, when she's in the upside down, she's about to die. And her friends play on her headphones this song and it pulls her out of a coop. It pulls her out of evil and saves her this song. So you could go on Spotify and they have called the upside down playlist. And you hit it. And what Spotify does, it takes all your songs on Spotify and it makes a playlist of the songs that you would play for yourself to save you if you were caught in like a demon dimension. Like what songs would save you? And uh, yeah, so you can go to Spotify and do that. They're doing it in conjunction with Netflix. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. Um, but yeah, we should do that. Like what songs would save you if you were caught in a demon dimension? Right, right. Oh. I like that topic actually. I, I'm already starting to put that the, the <laughs> mind with that. Uh, yeah. But you know, how we, cool is that? Like Kate Bush is just sitting around, and they're like, "Yeah, here's three million dollars." Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think, like I said, uh, this happens every few years in the music business, where there's a song that kind of comes out of the archives, and it just gets a second life. I mean, 
we sort like Fleetwood Mac's Don't Stop, Queen's Bohemian yep. Rhapsody, Journey's Don't Stop Believing with the Sopranos, and now this. This happens every few years. Um, yeah, so it's not a big, you know, it's not something unique, but it's just something that now happens every so often. And it's a, it's like a movie or some event that triggers it. It hit it hit number one on the charts, Coop, which is crazy. Like, Kate, like I was saying, Kate Bush never had a big charting hit. I think that was holding her back in the U.S. I mean, not U.S. in the Hall of Fame. I think this is going to put her. Over. I I'm I'm going to be surprised if it if it doesn't happen. Well, you know, we were talking about the song in the summer. Apparently, the song in the summer was recorded in 1986. We, so, <laughs> an amazing story. Yes, and yeah, amazing story. So that's that's the music news. There's a lot of music news, but that's the music news. Yeah, uh, on the coop with some huge cigar news. Yeah. So, um, let me just say this. So this is July fourth. It so it's like we're recording this at the kind of the um week before PCA. And uh, I'm going to say this has been the biggest news week in a long time. I easily in three site, yeah. yeah, easily in three years, maybe in five or six years. It, it and it was not small announcements. It was big announcements. I'll cover two kind of companies um, that I think of interest that we talk a lot about on the show. So let's start off with crowned heads. OK. Hmm. Um, and the big story to happen that crown heads before we kind of get into the products is there is a new member of the crown heads family. And it's actually a big name coming back into the business. And some folks may know him. Some folks may not. The, the name is Tim Osgener. His mm. father founded CAO, Yano Osgener. Mm. And Tim ran the company for uh, before it was sold to general. Uh, Tim's a very um, engaging personality. And Crownhead's owner Mike Mike Condor and John Huber worked for him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim is back. He's forming a company called Osgener Family Cigars, um, and they're going to be at the Crownhead's booth because Crownhead's is going to be doing the distribution. In addition, the Osgener family has some bucks, uh, so it was announced that Tim is now a partner in Crownhead's, mm. which is which is and I. I there's always been rumors that was the case, by the way, but I don't know if that's ever been proven, but it's been announced he's a partner in there. Uh, and Osgoner Family Cigar is going to be making their cigars with Ace Prime, who is the other member of the Crown Heads family. Yes. Tobacco Air Pachardo. Um, And they got, I tell you, they got a couple of nice releases uh, that I'm really excited about. Um, also, I'm very excited to get an opportunity to meet Tim. I've never met yeah. him or interviewed him. Uh, he has a cigar called Bosphorus coming out. And Bosphorus is named for a body of water that divides the city of Istanbul, Turkey, and the Osmanian right. Turkish background. And it technically divides Europe from Asia, right? That's kind of the thing. And then he has this other thing called Pisynthesia, which I don't Ooh. know much about. They haven't talked much about it other than it's a limited edition, while Bosphorus is a full, full-blown edition. Right. So a lot of excitement there. I mean, that's yeah. booze. So th- that dropped this week now. At the same time, Crown Heads has, a, has some really good stuff coming out. They announced mm. that the La Petitia is going, which was the PCA exclusive last year. Um, that was a Broadleaf. It's going regular production. They're going with some bigger ring gauge sizes. Okay. Have new packaging, which is the packaging is going to be upgraded. And most of us felt, Dave, that the La Petitia would smoke better in a big ring gauge. We actually had some conversations mm. with some of the media guys. So I don't know if they were listening on or not, but 
So that's going to debut the show. They have a new PCA exclusive called S Fumato in C major, uh, yes. which is a, it's going to be using a Connecticut hybrid wrapper. Both of these cigars come out of um, the Ace Prime factory. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot and like Ace, they're doing great stuff. Ace Prime, they got their own stuff going on too. Yeah. Uh, they have a PCA exclusive called uh, Maria Lucia, which is a tribute to, Ace Prime co-owner Luciano Morales' mother. Mm-hmm. And they have a cigar called Mas Ignatius, which is named for a winery that uh, Luciano owns. And it's a cigar meant to be played. Oh, right. Yeah. So this is a cool. This is going to be a really cool booth to go to this year. I think it's going to be insane with Tim there this year. And yeah. it, was a, it was crazy there last year. So um, exciting stuff. You can read all about that on Coop. Uh, and then I'll just mention, because we talk about him and he's, he's on the show a lot. Espinosa's got five releases planned for the show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they've announced three of the five. Officially, two are going to be announced later, uh, but I know all five. Uh, the Warhead, La Bumble Warhead number eight is coming out. It's six by how, 60. How crazy is that, Coop? Box press six by 60. I think it will. Yeah, I think it will soften because it'll feel like a 56 probably with the box press. Yeah. I am very excited. For that cigar, yeah, um, I am too. I am too. Um, I haven't that I have not smoked yet. I mean, if you look at the Warhead line, which I read your story on the eight, and it got me thinking of all the Warheads, and he's kind of done. So he's done Toro, he's done the Lancero, he's done the Churchill was the latest one. There was a Robusto early on, yeah, yeah. So this is really. I mean, the next way to go. I mean, do they do many? Did it, does Espinosa do many 60s, Coop? I don't know. They do some, not a lot. Um, I really would love to see them go like Torpedo. I, I know it sounds yeah. like, I know it's not sexy, but I'm, I love that Figurado they did a couple of years ago. Yes. That was was that the six, five, six? That was six. six. Was yes, that was six. That was so, a good cigar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a very much a staple animal release. So, um, that will be, mm. I, I think that they haven't shown the final product, but the artwork's gonna have more of a red design. I think this year Two. and that's going to that, be, of course. Yeah. The band's going to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> Big word. You know, um, there's a couple anniversary cigars cause it's Espinosa's 10th anniversary and it's was on yes. the factory's 10th anniversary. So there's a cigar for each of those coming out. They're limited. Uh, the next installment of Laces Provincias, which I did smoke. Um, mm. it's going to have a dark. I think more of a Maduro wrapper that's coming out. And the big news, Hector broke this on primetime and it hasn't really been talked a lot about <laughs> a new knuckle sandwich, uh, box press Figurado six and a half by 52, not just a new size. It's a Oscuro blend. So it's a new blend as well. Ah, I love the Maduro um, of that blend. A- I, 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 I haven't had the Habano, I don't think. I, I think the Maduro is more memorable is what I'll just kind of say. The Habano is it's Eric Espinosa Habano. It's typical. Nothing, nothing bad about it, but I think the Maduro is something special. I think the palettes guys like the Habano. That Maduro just like packs a punch, man. It does. It definitely does uh, for sure. So um, and then there's tons of other announcements, which I'm not going to you can go to cigarcoop.com. <laughs> Or go to the cigarbigboard.com where you can see every company, who's going and what releases have been announced. Check out Primetime, man, with the you got like uh, prep shows going. 
Check out yep. primetime for all the coverage. Coop's already got it nailed down. Yep. Um, Alec Bradley keeps teasing stuff they're coming out with. Yeah, I think that that's a PCA release, and I I think it's a, I've been saying it all along because they kind of I think dropped too much of a hint for me when I saw him. I believe it's a sampler coming out of like some older cigars that have they yeah they, right they're bringing back, but um I don't know what the cigar I have no idea what the cigars would be so. Yeah, I just keep seeing him tease stuff. Um, they he only says I'm not, you know, I'm not the teaser guy. Four years ago, they went into the trade show and were teasing a cigar, right? Mm. It ended up being Magic Toast, which was a monster hit for them. Oh, they know how to the they know how to do it. Yeah, oh, that box press one, Dave. Exclusive. <laughs> I told Alec they need to bring that one back. That was a good cigar. That box press one. I got some of that in my humidor. Um, you have more to me, yeah. Oh, oh uh, by the way, I don't know where your package is, other than it's still in that route. To you, you have a package somewhere. Coming. Yeah, it's somewhere. All the Oscar stuffs in there. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. You're gonna yeah. see a lot of cigars on the show, people. That could yeah. Send me there. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what's great news? I don't have to pay $150 anymore to send <laughs> David package. They they allow me uh to go back and send it's that. Lifted. <laughs> it's lifted. Yeah. It's lifted. So it's like back to like $50, which is a lot more reasonable. Yeah. Uh, developing palettes review of the week coop. This is I, this I put on here because of the central question. So it was a Bolivar lost and found collaboration um, that they were smoking. Sounds interesting. I don't know if you can get it. I looked around for it a little bit. Um, it's limited. It's a limited release. Yeah. Uh, Seth and Surgeon like it, and I match up well with their palettes. So I'm like, ooh, I should check into that. But it brings up a question I wanted to ask you, which is a lot of these reviews bring up is that so they talk about it being one dimensional but they still really liked it and i and i was wondering so usually one dimensional is kind of a thing in reviews that's seen as like a negative most right of the time. right but but ha, like i guess do you have you like what cigars have you had with one dimensional wasn't necessarily that bad so for example like K, like the kfc cigars are one dimensional you know like it's right. it's, it's it's pretty much you know, you get barbecue the whole way through. It doesn't really change a whole lot. But sometimes I have that cigar and that's exactly what I want is I want that flavor and I don't want much complexity. I just want that. Some of the um, complex. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So I was just wondering, do you have anyone like are there any times one dimensional for you is actually not a bad thing. It's a done well. It's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing that um I'll find is that complexity will up your score on Coop, right? But it it's not going to preclude you from getting a 90-plus a review either, right? But it will get you some points. And uh, But sometimes complexity can muddle flavors. If I go back to Stogie Santa, I mean, he's talking about the cigar can't figure out what to do. It isn't necessarily a good thing. That complexity is something that works against the blend, is what I'm saying. Because if the flavors aren't good, it's like, it's like meh, right? Yeah, so, you know, and, I, and I'll give you a good example of a couple that come to mind. That, um, I know weren't the most complex of cigars like more recently, the, the Aganorsa Leaf Supreme, I think, mm. falls into that category. Um, it's not necessarily the most complex of cigars, but the flavors are solid um, throughout the whole mm. experience uh, where I'm like, yeah, it's delivering good flavors for me. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to get too upset about it. Um, and the difference is, I remember with that cigar, 
it wasn't so much that it was transitioning from flavors, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what it was was it was it was um, the nuances that I was getting as the smoke was hitting my mouth. Mm. So that sometimes is a little bit under underestimated too. Where it, it, you know, again, I won't like ding it, you know, too much for that. But yeah, that's kind of how I look at that. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing at all. That's interesting. I mean, it, it's just like yeah, like if the flavor, if the dimension is a really good flavor, then it's great. Right, right. If you like, sometimes you get you're getting a good flavor, right? Why do you want like? You don't want it to change sometimes, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, that that's something that kind of you know. Remember last week I smoked that snake shake was a great. Yes. That's a, even a better example of of that. The flavors were just great, right? And didn't it didn't turn on me where, you know, oh, I'm gonna you know, especially the first time you smoke it, it's great. And then you know you don't want to dread it taking this mm. left turn. So mm. um, that's why yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing per se. It's okay. It will get you bonus points if you have the complexity is what I'll say. Yeah. I mean, do you remember the um, – we talked about the cigar a lot. The the old Room 101 Connecticut uh, Churchill. Oh, my goodness. What One of Matt's best cigars he ever did. And But that – I mean, there was, there was complexity to that cigar, but it had that core dimension of that creamy, buttery – Yeah, it had a, just – oh, my God. Right, and I, I was saying that's the nuances – and it didn't do a radical turn from like cream no. to pepper, yeah. like heavy pepper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, when you have some of those nuances, that's just as good. Uh, so I, I get what they're saying about this cigar, though. Um, mm. I don't know if it was I, I wasn't as high on the flavors of this cigar, uh, maybe as John was, but mm. uh, it's a decent cigar. But I think pretty much that's where this would fall into is that, yeah, pretty much straightforward, you know, but it's not mm. a little bit mundane. But this is a this is an interesting thought that I think I think Seth brought it up talking about yeah what, it being one dimensional but that's not bad because you like that dimension yeah it, that, that's where you got to go exactly why would yeah. you want like don't change for the sake of changing it like right? <laughs> yeah yeah oh oh Dave little note did you see me getting like lit up on fire on the dojo show a couple weeks ago I watched the first half of the dojo show and then my computer like just couldn't it, it had issues oh, streaming hey, it. I got lit up. Like a like a Christmas tree over the Camacho uh, score. You did not like this. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a dog. I give it an eighty six. No, boy, yeah. You, th- I struck a nerve. I don't know what. I would have never thought that the dojo community was. Oh, they love that, that cigar a, here. But yeah, that you got a, rocked. Yeah, here was the case. That was a cigar that wasn't changing up much, and it was mundane flavors. It just wasn't like keeping me interested. Well, Jordan did not like that. Uh, what was it Aladino or whatever he had? You know, yeah, I he did not like this. <laughs> that's here's the thing. When you compare it against some of the other Aladinos, it's a little unfair. I think this one's a little more of a value offering in Aladino. So I think that but I understand it's I, I, I know where he's coming from. With that. I didn't think it was terrible. But when you compare it to some of the flagship Aladinos, it's a little different. You know, this is, I think, more meant to be an affordable cigar. So it's not going to do all the special things that the the premium, the more premium ones, I should say, do. But I, I, I didn't think it was bad. I think he was a little hard on it. But yeah, I was shocked at um at Aaron, uh, everyone. Aaron. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what? It's like, oh, I'd buy this again. I was like, huh? It's like six point five or something. I was you like, know, what? Dropped, I mean, you want to people almost dropped dead during that show when that happened. 
Oh, I was I was shocked. At that yeah. One. Yep. 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 And then the punch. I got to check that out. I mean, that's an interesting sounding cigar. Um, what, ben, like- ben Lee just reviewed it for Smoking Syndicate this week. He gave it an 88, uh, which is a decent score from Ben. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He did smoke anyway. it, yeah. So he did review it this week. Check that out, people. You get to see him smoke a uh, Rocky Road cigar, which just sounds like a disaster. But yeah. that's that. Speaking of smoking cigars, Coop, we were talking about this brand. I don't know if it was last week. We were talking about them. Maybe we were meeting about the show, but it's a uh, Viaje. Yeah, you know, um, you pulled out a blast from the past with a Viaje, actually. So I got a buddy of mine, Dave Gerhard in La Crosse, went to Briar Patch Cigars in La Crosse. So shout out Briar Patch. And they sell, they're one of the exclusive dealers in Wisconsin on Viaje. So he sent me some zombie peppers, which I will have at some point. Um, and this, I think this is the 2000 or the 2022 uh, Moab. Not, yeah, that's one of the staples on the uh, skull and bone. So they, sure. so they re-released. It was the Moab, the Foab, and the like Cloud. Cloud Maker. What's the other one? Yeah, Cloud Maker. Yeah, those and, are the white. Those are the white banded um Viajes. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's what I, I got the 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 re-release of the Moab, and I haven't had a skull and bones probably since the Banner Hulk that we had coop. Yeah, I remember. We, yeah, exactly. I'll be excited to try this. What are you what are you smoking? Well, it's Fourth of July when you're watching this, right? Um, so I decided to light up a firecracker, right? Um, from the United Cigar series, brainchild of Dave Garofalo. But the problem with firecrackers is you can't just smoke one. Like it's too small, Dave. But they're great cigars. I mean, so I have the new bandolero. Um, you can see my band-aid just fell off there. Um <laughs> The Bandolero uh, Firecracker. Uh, this is one of the Nelson Alfonso ones, and I'm going to light this one up. And then if we have time, but I don't know if smoke it tonight, Perdomo Firecracker, number three cigar of the year on Coop. So, uh, you know, Dave, Dave, the Firecracker, in my opinion, it, it's to me, it's now one of the great limited edition lines out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, yeah. And, and I love how they do it. Um, different manufacturer every year. You kind of. Little intrigue, try to guess who it is. By the way, I did guess this. Uh, Oliver from United knows I, I, I guessed it was going to be either Bandolero or Byron, but in turn, it'd be Bandolero. Um, and the other thing that I think is really uh, interesting about this cigar is that, you know, they used to be Dave's baby at two guys, right? Yeah. Now, now they're available nationally. So I think what happens is the batch goes to Dave first, the two guys. If you want to get it, you, you go get it from Dave. Uh, yep. And then they distribute uh, an allocation out to their to top-tier retailers uh, from United. So I think, it's a, I think it's a win-win for everybody. Um, and what's nice about it, the way they do it now, is you can get the box from Dave. And I should have bought a box of these, but they're not cheap. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but they're, not, they're not super expensive either. But uh, the nice thing is you get a box from Dave and then you can find another box at one of your favorite United retailers. So um, we had Nelson Alfonso who blended this cigar on primetime Thursday night. Exceptional guy. I mean, just a, I can't wait to meet him in person at the show. Um, so I'm firing mine up right now. Yeah, I think the most famous ones out of that line were, well, the the um, Cro-Magnum one. The, the Rome, Cro-Magnum one, which uh, I got to be craft. honest, it wasn't my favorite size of a Cro-Magnum. But yeah, yeah. That, uh, 
Mikarita or was I mean that cigar was huge. That became the tricky tracker, that blend, yeah. Hmm. Steve took it and made a whole line of that. Not in the same size, but he used that blend for tricky tracker. And did the um did the tatuaje, did the M eighty was that a was that a official firecracker or it was, it just wasn't called a firecracker. Yeah. So God, that cigar was good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he did that. Um, I know the original Pepin one was great. I mean, actually, the yes. Pepin one yep. they sell it now. It's called the Sparky. You could buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they make it, but it's not through Dave, and I'm sure he's not happy about that. But I don't. That's think he just. Is. But that's <laughs> just. And and really, that's the cigar that started it all. Yes. Uh, I remember I've had those original Pepin ones. Blue ones are great. I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, fun size to smoke, like I said, and what's good is smoke too. It's what's good about it, you know. And if you don't, if like that's my biggest complaint. I'm like, I don't have enough of these to smoke. Well, I'll just smoke another one after that. But I need the uh, Bandoleros to review, so I, that's why I only took one. Uh, yeah, because I only have a fi- I only had a five pack of these. Oh no, I got. Uh, it's a good. It's a good idea. I speaking of good ideas, it's time for music coop. Uh, absolutely, this is uh, um, two hundred to one fifty one of the Rolling Stone list. And uh, the way we do this, uh, if you haven't followed the first six installments of this show that we started back late last year, uh, we go 50 songs at a time. And Dave and I pick our favorite or, or we pick a subset because I didn't pick one. that was my one song here. I don't like this week. Ooh. And I'm like, but uh, I have to bring it up because it's on the list. So we pick a subset of 10 songs and we we talk about it and we look at like where it lies on the list and stuff like that. Um. Yes, so I got I just got some initial thoughts. Yep, same here. Um we're getting back into the sixties and seventies, which the list is fairly known for. Mm-hmm. Um we did get a song which I'll get to. We get we got up to 2019 on this list, which is interesting, which is um Yeah. Yep. And and the eighties and nineties are getting more love coop, I've noticed. A lot more eighties and nineties love as we get higher in the list, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, I was very heavy retro on this list for some reason every i didn't have a lot and i didn't even do this this one because it was a lot to pick from the older songs this time mm. i mean what were some of your sort of initial thoughts like looking at it um so i agree with you um about the whole getting back to the 60s 70s um again not a lot of rap not a lot of metal at all um i thought this was a very yeah. tight part of the list so, you know, you can move stuff between 150 and 200 and everything was really close here. You know, it was a little bit. So if I move something from like 153 to 175, I don't think it shook this list up all that much. Where some no. of the sections, it was a little different here. Here yeah. was the most interesting thing about this. The so- I picked songs and there are a lot of songs in this part. Now, we've talked about how the older songs have kind of some of them have bounced down. Or, or fell down because mm. to make way for the newer songs. This is a little different. These older, mm. the, a lot of these older songs here bounce, or not bounce up, they rose. So they're much mm. higher positions than they were on the previous. I mean, when I say go down and rose, I'm talking about previous iterations of this Rolling Stone yes. list. So, and I was very surprised on There's a couple I'm completely like, dumb, there's a couple that did go down on the list. <laughs> but I'm dumbfounded how some of these went up and I'm, I'm 
completely dumbfound how one is songs on this list. So oh, I can't. I want to hear that one. But yeah, it, uh, we'll get yeah. there. Yeah. And I want to say it's not a horrible song. It's just no, it's not a top 500 song. I mean, yeah, just like, why is it there? Yeah, or not even top 500. You're like, why, why, why is it? Why is it here? Yeah. Why? Why is this? Here? Like, it's like, Seth, remember, Seth, that time. Why are we here? Why are wow. we? Wow. I, mean, I, exce- I can't see when I went through the list. When I go through the list, I kind of skim it and then get drawn to the ones I'm going to pick. So I don't know if I know what song you're thinking about because I didn't look at the list like in detail. It's not a yeah, and you're probably gonna disagree with me on this on this one. Uh, the other oh, thing we, what I try to do is like when we make the show decision, um, Dave and I, Dave and I go off and do this right separately. Now I usually try to avoid something I know that Dave's gonna pick. Uh, occasionally, if I see an overlap, if Dave, Dave usually gets his out there first. If I see an overlap, I swap it out. Or so, but for the yeah. most part, I think I know what Dave's going to pick and I think he knows what I'm going to pick. So we kind of yeah. like try to stay in the lanes as far as that goes. So um, I don't think this song was in your lane, but I think you're going to disagree with me when it comes up. Ooh, let's yeah. see. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's kick it off. Let's kick it off with uh, with uh, your first band, who I I I I'm entirely in agreement with all of your notes on the okay. band and the song. Yeah. So. um. The song is uh, Dream On. The band is Aerosmith. And the spot is 199. Uh, this is a power ballad, okay? Uh, oh, and the oh, yeah. story here is the octaves that Steve Tyler hits at the end of that song, okay? Mm. It, it is a very good power ballad, okay? From a band that is a very overrated oh, band. <laughs> yes. How does Preach, it say it? Coop. I am sorry. Aerosmith is this is a great song by Aerosmith and I have taken nothing away from it. Um, but this is a band that's so overrated. I mean, it's just come on. No, uh, I mean, I think I liked them when they first came out. But then, like, you know, when, when you, looking back, it's like yeah. there's not much there. Is there's there, not really? much there. I mean, loving no. an elevator. And it's like, <laughs> I would have saw that song. And I would have just thrown this up. I'm. I mean, they. Oh. I love the walk this way they did with, with Run DMC. I do like that. But yeah. Well, but, that's because Run DMC's out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So this song's been. This is one of the songs that's actually fallen down. Uh, it was 172 mm. in 2004. It was 173 in 2010, and it was 199 in 2022. I actually oh, think this yeah. is a worthy of a top 100 song. It's a very good song mm. from a band that, but you know, um. You know, but, but again, I don't really have a problem where it is. And if you move falling down from 170 something, I really don't have a problem either. So, I mean, that's how I, it's talking about the uh, the tightness of this. Um, finally, the radio. Edit, don't ever listen to the radio edit version is you want to hear the okay. whole album version of this song. It's a little longer, but it, it it's worth it. And it makes up. You don't then you don't have to listen to anything else by Aerosmith because you're listening to a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we agree uh, with this because I've taken so much crap about this. I don't I don't like Aerosmith. Walk This Way has got to be on this list, surely. Don't you think? I, who's? Yeah, I mean, it, it should be. Anyway, it should be. Aeros- it was, God, it was a, Aerosmith, man. That's OK. Yeah, Walk This Way was such a landmark song for Run DMC because it kind of mm-hmm. brought them into the mainstream. And Aerosmith, who got them out of the, got them away from whatever they were doing, smoking or whatever. Is oh God! Who knows? But, what I mean, mess before they were a mess when that song came out. You remember? Oh, they were. I mean, what? What really? But I mean, it also ushered in that sort of movement in rap to do the like hip hop with the like rock band as the chorus, like that. Like 
The Public Enemy did bring the noise with Anthrax, which is sort of similar. Yeah. Um, anyway, Aerosmith, highly overrated. I, I remember when that song came out, people said Aerosmith must really need money for uh, their smokes. Jeez. <laughs> Aer- Aerosmith but, needs but it's talent great. It was, is what yeah. they need. Yeah. Uh, but Man. and I have by the way, I have met Steve Tyler uh, at a. At oh. a I met him at a uh, technology convention. He is nice, um, but I didn't. Were tell you him like take some take some scarves off the microphone, Steve? Like, what's with all the scarves? Did you say I, that? Exactly. Yeah, and I wasn't going <laughs> to tell him. By the way, I think you're overrated. But but he was nice. By the way, I think you're, it's totally overrated. I love how like you picking this for the list turned into us bashing Aerosmith. Aerosmith this is a good yeah. song. Yeah. Um, this goes into your. This my first one goes into your theme about the oldies, and mm-hmm. it's Patsy Cline with Crazy at one ninety five. Okay, uh, I think it needs to be a top one hundred song. I mean, this is I don't know why. I mean, it's like an iconic country song written by Willie Nelson, famously. Um, her vocals are excellent. I love Patsy Cline's vocals. It's kind of a blend of blues and country that kind of makes country music for me like chris stapleton sort of has that willie nelson has that johnny cash has that a bit more gospel with johnny cash but uh i like the country artists that have a bit of that bluesy kind of twist to their vocal and uh and yeah and patsy klein herself like blaze the trail for i mean kitty wells before her but blaze the trail for a lot of uh female country artists artists and uh and so on so uh yeah. i love this track coop and I, yeah. I think it should be higher. On well, the list. interesting. So I mentioned there are previous iterations of this list. And in 2004, this was at 85. So it's kind of I don't yeah. know what it was for the second iteration, but it was at 85 for the first iteration. It fell down. Uh, well, I mean, we're going to talk about some of the ones, the artists that rose in a little bit. But um, yeah, I wonder if she I mean, I, I don't know how this song dropped over 100 spots in you know, in the span of 15 know. years, because to me, this song, it stands the test of time, right? I don't, I don't mm. think this is a song that has not aged out or it's, it's a classic. It's the, it's iconic. It's iconic. So this is where I have some of the problems with this list sometimes. Mm. A good song. You're at uh, this song. I don't, I was shocked. I was, I thought this would be a lot higher. I thought this was going to be a lot higher, but okay. So I was surprised it was this low. Okay, and I'll talk. The song is "Beat It." The artist is Michael Jackson, and the spot's one eighty-five. Um, That's surprising. So I was I was surprised it was this low, but I also think it's they didn't get it wrong. Okay, I think this is about where it mm. should be. But mm. this was in two thousand four at three thirty-seven. If anything, yeah. wow, really? Beat It went moved up. So if anything, I think Beat It may have lost a little. You know, because this song, look, it, the people that disagree with me, this, it's Eddie Van Halen's contribution yeah. that I think put this song over the top. It, it, it oh. put Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson could do a hard rock song. Eddie Van Halen's guitar is iconic here. Guitar is kind of fading out a bit right now. So you think this song would go down on the list. It goes up on the list. Um, and it's seven million copies. This song, ah, uh, you know, it, you know, again, I, I kind of grew up with, you know, my my dad again and everything during this period with driving for the record companies for Epic, who was the label here. This song was a monster. I mean, oh yeah, it's you can easily say top three tracks of the '80s. You know, in terms of sales yeah. and airplay and popularity, this was a 
This was the third, and it's funny. This was the third single off of Beat It. It wasn't the lead single; it was the third single. No, um, I mean, yeah, but I'm I'm okay with where it is. I I didn't have a problem where they put it. I'm trying to think of other Michael Jackson songs that go higher. Billy Jean, Thriller. I would say Billy Jean or Thriller for sure. Um, you may see something like um, Man in the Mirror. Man in the Mirror. I I, I, I don't know if Man in the Mirror was already on the list or not. Um, song. But yeah, but I, Man in the Mirror would probably be the other one. Uh, Rock with you, probably. Not. I mean, we're getting into the top one fifty right now. Yeah, there's not a lot of space. So is there? there's not a lot of space. So I think it will be a very small, uh, you know, a small window, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder if we will see another Michael Jackson song. And David, I just you know we don't look ahead on this list. No. We did peak at the top ten when it came out. We did to the top ten because when it came out, yeah, but we don't know. But we don't yeah. know. So, uh, we, we what happens is, yeah, um, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with that. I I don't know uh, as we get to the uh, higher part of um, you know, the higher part of this list, what's going to happen. I'm just trying to see something was. I have my old. I already have the list that was happened. Um, was Man in the Mirror on the list already? Uh, doesn't look like it, so I don't know if it's gonna be on there or not. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely. But I tell you what, Eddie was—you know what was really interesting about this song? If you were a Michael Jackson hater and you were a Van Halen lover, you could not help but be really intrigued by Eddie's guitar solo on. Here. Oh, his guitar is great. It's epic. It's an epic. It's an epic guitar solo on here. Yeah, and it brought those uh. two worlds together of like. R&B and, and, and hard rock. I think it was a, it was a one. It, it's an impactful song, Dave. That's why I, if it was yeah. in the top 100, I wouldn't have been upset either. But I think music, no. this is where it belongs. Yeah. Um, I have PJ Harvey rid of me 194. I mean, mainly because I don't know how many opportunities I get to talk about PJ Harvey on this list. But uh, it's kind of that that classic Pixies style, quiet and loud song structure that Nirvana is really going to take to new heights when they do that. Um, I mean, and I'll talk a little bit about this actual track. I like the track. It's uh, a good track. Um, it's going to, she's going to pave the way for artists like Fiona, Fiona Apple who's going to come out quite soon after PJ Harvey and Billie Eilish who we're going to talk about later. But I mean, Coop, for me, I like PJ Harvey. I think down by the water is a better track. And I wonder if that's going to be higher. Yeah. Cause that, I think that track is better, but I don't, I don't, and I don't know if PJ Harvey is going to get another look if that with that track or what, but it's a good down by the water is probably the track. I, I like the best of hers, but it was good to see her on the list. Like it all really. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if she's been on the list before. This is one I couldn't find out. I don't the know either. Is, the album's very highly rated. Um, yeah. So I don't think you could see like, you, like, you know, you could see another PJ Harvey. I mean, you could see uh, from this Down album. Down by the Water is the only one I could think of that would go. That would higher. probably be the other one. Yeah. That would probably be the other one. Because again, we're getting, there's only 150 spots left after this list, after we get through this segment of the list. And she's not on the segment again. Yeah. Um, no. Um, but it'd be interesting. I mean, there's, Sort of like Michael Jackson. Now that we're running out of room, it's interesting to see like where are they going to get another one on or not? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, your next one, I uh, left for you, Coop. I figured that. Uh, uh, yeah. 
Um, okay. You can't take all. You can't take all of them, people. You gotta leave. You gotta leave some. You can't take them all. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, the artist is Lou Reed. The song mm-hmm. is "Walk on the Wild Side," and this is position one eighty. Um, too low, Coop. Just really quick. Too low. About right. Okay. I think it's about. I think it's about right. Um, maybe again, if I if this was up at one forty, maybe you know I'd push it up to one forty. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's top one hundred. It's just, but it, but okay. Lou Reed is the New York poet laureate, is what I call him. That's yep. what he is. He's a he's a he's a New York street kind of guy. Um, this is a song from 1972. But why, you know, even though I, I'm a, musically, I think this is where it belongs. There's a groundbreaking factor that talks about him. Mm. Lou Reed in this song, which if you this is a song, if you really listen to the lyrics, oh, he yeah. hit every taboo topic in the world for 50 years ago. Okay. This is oh, yeah. uh, transgenders, racism, drugs, male prostitution, oral sex. It's all there. All there. All there. I mean, and I think some of that's still controversial today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of it's accepted oh, yeah. today, but but Lou Reed's doing this in 1972, guys. This mm. is this is groundbreaking what he's doing. Um, And he's got, like, like I said, music, I think the song's about where it is. I, I prefer mm. um the, like Dirty Boulevard and stuff. Some of my favorite yeah. stuff. But this is a, this is a great song. Um, mm. And uh, you know, it moved up from two twenty three in two thousand ten. Okay. So it didn't. Now, it, it, that was yeah. way too. That was way too low to have that. Oh yeah. Up two hundred. Yeah. Now, question, Coop. Uh, do you think? Do you think Velvet Underground goes top one hundred? I think I was wondering that. I think they got to get one coming up. Velvet, uh, definitely Velvet Underground. Are, are, how do you how do you put? Yeah, I mean, and Lou Reed obviously a big part of that. But you know, again, Velvet Underground again is a uh, is an iconic band. Um, and I don't oh, think it's probably one of on the most important bands. Have they shown up 70s. on the list yet? Is what I'm wondering. I'm trying to remember. It, uh, it, man, I wouldn't think so. Um, I mean, maybe one song has like I've been keeping a list here uh, of some of that. Um, I have to pull it. I just have to pull it up and see. Um. So I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Um, has Velvet Underground shown up on this yet? I mean, they may have. Um, that's why I'm kind of drawing a blank. I'm, I'm pulling up. The search is a little slow here. Well, I think Velvet Underground, if they haven't or even if they have, they're going to uh, get another one, I would think. Um, let's see. So we'll probably hear from. Yeah, Sweet Jane. Again. Sweet Jane showed up at 294. Oh, that is. That uh, is yeah, crime. so. So I think there could be another Velvet Underground in there. I think so. I mean, yeah. without the Velvet, I mean, the Velvet Underground, if you just look at what we're talking about, without the Velvet Underground, you don't really have what happens with the Pixies. Yeah. You don't have what happens with Nirvana. I mean, Velvet Underground kind of like laid was waiting for the man to be on there. That's that would be one I was. Oh, I would, that would be the one I'm thinking of if, if that's going to make it. So I think Velvet Underground has a shot still. I think it's a very legitimate shot. But it's Bubble Ground hasn't been shut out either yet. No. But no I think Reed had one. I don't think he had another. Perfect Day would be the only other one I could think of. Perfect Day or Dirty Boulevard. Neither yeah. was on there that I'm seeing. So, like I said, I go update this list as we kind of go through it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Nice Lou Reed. Like Lou Reed. Uh, Lou Reed's kind of an acquired taste, I tell people. Give him yeah. a shot. You got to give him a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, but I think he's extremely talented, like you said. Yeah, he's, um, he's the poet laureate of New York. I mean, he oh, yeah. really was. Yeah, that Greenwich Village. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower yeah. Manhattan. That's Lou Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, we're going to go from the East Coast to the West Coast with coming at 190, NWA with Fuck the Police. I was shocked that it was this low. Shocked. <laughs> like, um, I, I mean, I put maybe Straight Outta Compton is higher, but like when you look at the impact of music, you would, I, I say that you can take this band, like if you look at its impact on hip hop, and it has much as like Elvis, Nirvana, the Beatles of hip hop. I mean, this, uh, this like changed music history forever. This album, it, it, and this controversial track. album, controversial song, changed history. Oh, whether you, mean, whether, it, whether you like it or not. You know, the band, like you got Ice Cube coming out of this band, you got Dr. Dre, um, groundbreaking issues of I mean what what I said they do is they took issues of race class police brutality which were already sung about like I mean Gil Scott Heron did songs about these same things like they, it, these issues were already being tackled in music mm-hmm. but what they did is they brought it to they really grounded it in stories of people and like how it's impacting people on the street so they took these like larger structural issues and talked to, spoke about their impact on people in their songs and expressed the sort of rage and frustration around that to try and get their message out to the people. And uh, that was what, that's what's so groundbreaking about it, I think, is that they took these higher concepts and they really brought down, it's very much like uh, the punk music of, of uh, that genre. Like it's very punk in that sense. Yeah. Um, like really going above and beyond to like like Cooper saying like the shock value and everything, but to try and get their message out and break through. Yeah. Um, but I just think I mean unless Straight Outta Compton is higher, there's got to be an NWA song higher, surely. Previous iteration of the list going back to the 2003 version, 425. Oh, that is unbelievable. But you look at oh, 2003, time, maybe. but look at the times and. The impact it's had a lot like in 2003, the song was only 15 years old. Now, this song's like 35, almost 35 years old, and it's having more of a uh, lasting effect, you know. So, I think that had a lot to do with why this song rose so much on, on the list. And I think, too, like this came out in '89, you had Public Enemy putting out It'll Take a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, and then Fear of a Black Planet. Kind of doing similar, like talking about similar issues. And Chuck D's incredible, and so you have these two like heavyweight bands that just change music, you know, forever, really. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, but uh, I had to put that on there. Quite, quite a, there'll be quite a, a quite a shift with uh, Coop's next song. So if you're listening to these songs in order, you're gonna go through some. Uh, some changes. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> changes. Um, so uh, the artist is Pink Floyd. Oh. The song is Comfortably Numb. Oh. And the ranking is 179. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I think this might be a little low still, right? Oh, yeah. But it's gone up as well. This was 314 in 2003. It was 321 in 2010. And it jumps up to 179 now. Um, this, you know, Pink Floyd's The Wall. That's going to be, yeah. Is, is a big, you know, I wonder if there's going to be another Pink Floyd song on here. Though. Oh, um, yeah. But The Wall is, is, is one of those cornerstone albums in the Pink Floyd portfolio. You can argue it was the last great album they did. It's, the, it's a concept album. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the character is so-called Pink. 
And in this song, Pink is made comfortably numb by being medicated oh. by a doctor so he can perform for a show. So it's, it's a very unique type of thing. But I think this song put the wall over the top as an epic album mm-hmm. where it really, I mean, you had the another brick in a wall kind of uh, story going on. But this song, I mean, it was just it brought that psychedelic vibe to the album that maybe the because mm. it's a double album. So there's four sides. But when yeah. you listen to the Another Brick in the World sequence, it, it doesn't have as much of the psychedelic feel as you used to with Pink Floyd. This song comes along and it kind of injects that psychedelic feel that you know and love about Pink Floyd is what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's I. I mean, I'm a big dark side of the moon guy. Yeah, it's that's a cornerstone album in the Pink Floyd portfolio for sure, too. But it's uh, yeah, I mean, Pink Floyd, it's interesting to see why they've risen up so much, like you said. You know, um, when we did Battle of the Bands two years ago, I, I, I had them seated nine and maybe that was a little low, but I didn't expect them to make a run for the finals. I don't think we made did, a, but I, they made a huge run. And it, so there's I was a surprise. Yeah, they made. I didn't see that one happening. So um, and they and they 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 did it rather easily until they ran into Led Zeppelin. So, well, that's uh, I mean, that's yeah. the other thing I think. Well, we'll talk about it later. But uh, but yeah, Zeppelin's going to crush the top. Hundred, yeah, I think. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Bob Dylan Coop. Yeah. Subtrading Homesick Blues, which is an amazing song coming in one eighty seven. Um, I put in my notes, when you think of Bob Dylan, this is a type of track that is in front of mind. Um, I think it's like a, the quintessential Bob Dylan song, right? Like, uh, it's 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 sort of got that folky acoustic kind of like lower, like east side sort of vibe. Like when, you know, when that when the east side sort of or the east coast sort of folk became popular. I mean, Lewin Davis was a show about that. I mean. He had that, but that it's a good mix of social issues, drugs, activism, government cynicism, and your classic Bob Dylan stream of consciousness. <laughs> you, yeah. like, you don't know what he's saying. Um, very catchy, timeless song. This inspired a Radiohead song, Subterranean Homesick Alien. Yep. Which was on OK Computer. And it has the line in it, don't follow leaders and watch your parking meters, which is just a phenomenal line. It's just like total Bob Dylan. Like you have these really hard hitting sort of social commentary lines. And then just like this line about like the parking, like what? And there's just stream of consciousness, like vibe to it. It's a great song. I think it's a quintessential Bob Dylan song. About right. Um, About right here. I don't think they really blew it with this one. Uh, I think they might get like tangled up in blue or hurricane. Like you might get some songs. You might see Bob Dylan on here again. Like a Rolling Stone. Was like a Rolling Stone, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I'm okay where this was put. Yeah, I didn't really oh, yeah have... it's a great song. It's sort of like, your, like I said, it's your typical, if you were to say Bob Dylan, it's like this song is like your, your it, it kind of showcases everything about him, really. Like yeah. It's a classic song. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bob. Yep. But uh, it's interesting it'll be interesting to see what uh, like what, if, if anything else comes up from him. Yeah. I, I'm going to predict he's got two or three more songs on here. Maybe yeah. two, 
maybe yeah. two, you know, one in each, two of the three next segments. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I know I keep saying when, when this is all done, I'm going to do like a kind of a compilation of stats with this. And, uh, by, you know, I'm going to break down all the data like John McTavish style. Hey. And, we'll do, and we'll do a recap of that on a show. Yeah. For like the 11th show at some point. Well, what's what's interesting, and, and we'll get to it a little bit later, too. But what's interesting is what bands are sort of like still in the holster that we haven't heard a lot from yet. Yeah. I mean, we've we've been talking. It's like the Beatles have been quiet. Yeah, we'll get into some of that. But yeah, there's some quiet things so far, which is um, very interesting. Yeah. Now, Coop, I don't want to burst your bubble. I don't think this band's going to get another one. I don't think so either. But it's I, it's 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 a great is, yeah. song. And it's yeah. right. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah. Um, this is, look, this is a, and it's a great song for a lot of reasons. The band's Van Halen, the song's oh. Jump, and the position's 177. Yeah, good, uh, good position, I think. About right, yeah, about right where this song is. Uh, I mean, you could argue there's some deep cuts that are better than this song, but, you know, again, yeah. we're looking at, Rolling Stone listing about the deep cuts, okay? So, no. but, but here's the thing about this song. I mean, this was their first, this was their number one song. It went number one on the charts. It was a monster hit. This was um, Eddie Van Halen. It's just Eddie. This is about Eddie, right? Mm -hmm. Eddie Van Halen became a musical superstar with this song. Um, And everyone talks about David Lee Ross vocals, and they're great, right? But what Eddie, Eddie's is, Eddie's, look, Eddie Van Halen, you watch him, right? The guy loves music, okay? The guy loves playing the guitar. I mean, this guy loves what he does. What and I love when he goes on stage and he's called up on stage impromptu. And but Eddie's a keyboard player also. Yes. And up until this point, Eddie Van Halen's songs were guitar driven. And in this song, he goes keyboard driven, mm. right? Even though he, had, he gets mm. his guitar solo in there, he gets that keyboard. And let me tell you something. Oh, it's classic. It, it, it's it's that's where he kind of became a musical superstar in my book. Um it's it's great. I mean, I love that music, and I'm not a big music video guy. I just love their music video with Eddie. Eddie's just jamming. Oh, yeah. It's it's great. Um, I actually was more of a Van Hagar guy. Okay. When I saw David Lee Ross do this, I actually saw David Lee Ross and Eddie Van Halen, Van Halen in uh, like 2006 or seven. Uh, it was great. I mean, this this song is there's a reason Hagar can't do this song. <laughs> this is a this is a David mm. Lee Ross song. So, but I think it's about right, Dave. I don't, and I, I agree with you. I, I can't see another Van Halen song. There is another Van Halen song, <laughs> but it's not by Van Halen. They covered the, uh, one of the songs I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, no, it's it's excellent. Um, it's an excellent song. Um, I, I love I love that album, 1984. 1984. I mean, it's like I said, Eddie just. I mean, people, you know. I remember going to like football games and tailgating and Van Halen, come on. And everyone's like talking to me, like Van Halen, like Van Halen, just, it was a people, it was a band you just start talking about. Right. Mm. And when, when, you know, and anytime Eddie, Eddie had his drama, you know, after he got married and stuff and yeah. Eddie's drama was like a male soap opera in a lot of ways. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah, a great it, pick. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's another Van Halen song. Is that there's not no. at this point? And this is no. Yeah, but it, it it I agree with you that it's it's where it belongs. It's yeah, good, it's good. Good. Pick. Yeah. Um. I have next Sinead O'Connor with nothing compares to you coming at one eighty four. 
Um, I think this is going to be the only Sinead O'Connor song. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I don't I think, think so. we're going to see another one. Um, I put maybe Last Day of Our Acquaintance, but I don't think so because the song was a lot bigger than that song. Um, this was written by Prince Coop originally. Yeah, I've heard his version of it actually too. I think he was going to do it with the time or something and it didn't and she did it or I don't know how that went. Yeah. Um, Sinead O'Connor herself has said in interviews that when she sings it, she dedicates it to her dead mother. Um, it's just an epic track. Uh, really emotional. I like how I have to hear the Prince version. Um, I like how she slows it down and it's just the, the she really lives in it. Like her the vocals are great. I think this record, the um, the record that it's on, which is uh, let me look at my let me look at my notes because the name escapes me. It's like um, I don't want what I haven't got. Yep, it's a great record. We'll talk more about that later, but I think it's her vocally her best record. Uh, Universal Mother. She came out came out after this. It's sort of the the, the her last two really big records. Um, and I really like the vocals on it. I think this is the best vocal record. I think this comes in quite well. I was actually surprised. I thought it was a bit. I thought it was it was going to be it's a bit higher than I thought, to be honest. Uh, it went down actually from 2010 and 165. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh. I, I can see that. I, I, I think it's a great song. I don't know if it has the impact of some of these other ones um, around it, but it's it's a good song. It's it's I love I love her vocals on it. And uh, yeah, the album is very good. Um, came out in 1990. It's a uh, yeah, good track. I got a couple comments on Sinead O'Connor I'm going to make. I was going to save it to the end, but I'll do it now. Oh, get in there. What do you want me to do it when, he, when the album came out? Do it. Do whatever you want. Go okay. crazy. Okay, so listen. My friend, uh, my friend, my late friend Steve, rest in peace, he had a girlfriend named uh, Marianne who was the, he, when I was dating my wife, she just always like was the troublemaker, right? But Marianne had some really eclectic music taste. And I remember we were in the car once and she gave me the debut album, The Lion and the Cobra. Good album. And I'm like, wow. I said, Marianne, I said, this is like this. This is on. Uh, this is it. I'm like, this is she's going to be big. Like, I, I could see this. Right. Mate, you know, this is kind of an underground album, but I, I, I'm telling you, I saw the talent with that. Right. This is the case with Senator Connor. I have to separate the music from everything else with her because she's an absolute train wreck outside of music. <laughs> but I have to separate the music out. Because she's got so much talent and she's wasted so much of her, of her career on, on things that, she, that interfered with her music. But her music's really good, Dave. Everything you said is spot on. Good. I can't argue that. That's why you just got to put that aside. But I sit there, I'm like, and I feel bad for her. She's got some mental illness things now going on. I feel horrible because this is a very talented woman. And uh, I, her beliefs are her beliefs. I, I'm not, yeah. I, I, I'll separate that, but. She's, it's a lot of some fortune got wasted. I just feel bad for her in a lot of ways. I think the issue. So you had Lion the Cobra, then you had yeah. the, the whatever, and then Universal Mother, and then after yeah. Universal Mother, it sort of dropped off. And I think it was a, I think it was a time and place with Sinead in that I think a lot of the issues she had, like mainly with the church, um, and other stuff, brought her a lot of criticism, which didn't go well for her no and, and kind of and, and she just things. handled it badly I mean, that's a problem she, this- i think but i think if she would have came out say say if her music would have came out eight years later say or something different story it would be a different story, i think it would have been totally different you're yeah. right and you're 100 right on it like i said her beliefs are her beliefs and i try to separate that out <laughs> i mean, I mean but, she went on saturday night live 
and right after the song, like ripped a picture of the Pope in half. That <laughs> didn't go over well. I, I know. And, and, you know, do what Trump did, basically. Just say, uh, you know, start going on a, a media war with the Pope instead. Do that. I mean, uh, but I, I think he's saying things about the Pope. But yeah, it's but yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. And but there's the talent is there's no question. Dave, this is a great track. And it's it. I agree. It's everything you said about this track. And there's nothing I can disagree with you on this track. I think it's your best vocal album. This the record. vocals are incredible on this. And they're able to, again, going back to music video, which I'm not a big, the video, this is just her head, right? Yeah. And whoever shot this video should get an award, right? Because it's all about her. And, and that's what you need in this video. It's her and that head singing kind of. Mm. Um, and, and you immediately when I heard it, I thought, I said, this, this kind of reminds me of a Prince song. And then I found out Prince actually did write it. I remember when there that came do. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coop. Oh, look at you pairing up those two bands. This is coincidental because I did just do song 177. Uh, song 176 is uh, The Kinks. You really got me, right? So uh, ironically, this was covered by Van Halen, which was 177, right? Uh, yeah. But this is, this, is a, uh, this is going back into the Kinks catalog. Um, you know, this is a song that um, is from their debut album. Mm. Um, it was actually higher at one point on a previous list it was like 82. I got to be honest. I think it's even at 176. It's a little high for me. Mm. Um, I think there's a couple of other kink songs that, that. Oh, could, definitely. Uh, definitely. And I'm curious. I, we could see one. I think we'll see one more kink song on here. Not two. Lola. It's got to be Lola. I mean, to me, walking on a thin line is the best song they did, but it won't mm. be. It won't be higher than this. Mm. So, because uh, again, this ain't about, that's a little bit of a deeper cut in a lot of ways. Uh, mm. But, you know, I, 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 you know, it's it's a little high for me. I, this is probably more two fifty to, you know, two fifty to three hundred for me. Maybe okay, yeah, maybe two fifty. I'll say around the two fifty mark for me. Um, mm. This is where this is, but but yeah, I mean, it's um good song. Like I said, it really it was a debut song. It definitely had an impact. Um, you know, because it obviously it was a big springboard song for the band over the next few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do like their version better than the Van Halen version. I'll say that. A lot of people <laughs> like Van Halen version. Yeah. And it's good to Van Halen, but, but I like this version better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. It's got a psychedelic a vibe, this song, which is what I like about it. That 60s yes. psychedelic vibe. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of mod. Yeah. Um, We're going to go. We're going to stick in the 60s. I want Simon Garfunkel's songs of silence. Oh, yeah. One, uh, 1A2. Oh, now, my God. I mean, you could argue there's better uh, Simon Garfunkel songs, and I wouldn't necessarily argue with you on that. Um, but I think it's a song. I put very few songs to find a generation, and this is one. Um, it, it's a very well-known song. I think the harmonies are really good. The songwriting is really solid. Absolutely. And it's just, it's just at the height of that, like, 60s folk scene we were sort of talking about with Bob 65, Dylan. 65, yeah, that's what yeah. It's, a, it's at sort of the height of that. It's an excellent song. Like I said, you hear this song in a lot of movies and stuff. It really defines that sort of era in music. Uh, and yeah, and I think a worthy song. Um, I think there's better Simon and Garfunkel songs. Like, I think there's going to be another one probably on the list, like maybe Bridge Over Troubled Water or something. I like um, this better than Bridge but, Over Troubled Water. I know I might be in the minority. Yeah, I, like I mean, I do too. I think Bridge Over trouble i mean that might go higher i mean yeah but i mean like i said it's a good song i think it's i mean maybe it could have gone a bit higher than 182 
Um, I don't know what you think about that, Coop, but I think it should have been a little higher. I think it should have been a little higher. Um, but it's a it's a outside top one hundred. Maybe you go, yeah. yeah. I get. I couldn't find any previous info on on this one. Um, it's got to have been on the list before. It so. had. Oh no, it it was. I'm sorry. I'm looking at this. It was a one fifty six in two thousand four. Ooh, I so, think that's about right. To be I honest. think that's a, that's where that's much more right. But again, th- this was very when you get into this part of the list, I thought it was very tight too. Yes. So there's there's like a, a slim margin of error here with, with this part of the list. Yeah, I mean it's just a great song. It's so good. And what was this? One eighty two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Just want to want to make that. I want to kind of have that. In my no, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to clear the decks for your fire here, Coop. But I just want people to realize that's at Cigar Coop for your uh, comments about what's about to transpire. Let me let me preface this by saying, first of all, this song should be higher than well, I'll get into that in a second. But the band. OK, I love the band of this song. OK, uh, <laughs> the band is Fleetwood Mac. I love the band and the what's song, the song is Coop? Landslide <laughs> and it's one sixty three. I don't know why this track is higher than Sounds of Silence. I don't know why it's 163. It has no business on this list. It should be it's it should be like 480. Really? If you want to give me if you want to give a participation trope, Dave, absolutely. <laughs> how does this go? How is this at it's... 163? I'm sorry. And I love Fleetwood Mac. Don't give me I'm a big fan. And this is a this is really a Buckingham Knicks song, too. Which is yeah. uh, with Stevie uh, Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham's duo. That's, they they kind of brought this in. It's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice B side maybe or something. It, it's not a terrible song, okay? But Dave, we could put four hundred and fifty songs ahead of this one yeah. easily. I could say yeah. and justify it. How did this get so high? I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I see. Okay. I I like the song, but I think I agree with you, Coop, 100%. I think there's way more Fleetwood Mac songs that are better. I think there's Go solo Your Own Way stuff. was 401. Go Your Own Way. Oh, I, I think there's solo Stevie Nicks songs that are better. Stand back. I, 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 Oh yeah! Oh, as, oh, that song is so good. I um, the only thing I can think of, Coop, is that of how much popularity the song has. That's the only thing I can think of. Cause it's not the song. It must be its its like impact. I don't know. Where's, where's the impact with this? I can say Silver Springs was more impactful than this song. Yes, and that's a, it's a chain. Dreams. Um, <laughs> dreams. Uh, we can you make love and fun. You make love and fun. We could pick 400 Fleetwood Mac songs that are better than this song. I could pick 20 Fleetwood Mac songs that are better than this song. I mean, it's not a bad, again, not a bad song. You said 480. Okay, I, I'm, I'm okay with that, right? We're talking 163. And this was ahead of the, the Sounds of Silence. Uh, it's ahead of Crazy by Patsy Cline. By ahead of, yeah, ahead of Crazy. Uh, this is ahead of Kylie, Kylie Simon. This is ahead of... Uh... <laughs> It was ahead I of don't Santa. know. Uh, I don't want to give away a couple of your other ones, so I'll just kind of say it was a, it was ahead of Lou Reed. It was ahead of Beat It by Michael Jackson. Okay, it was ahead of Pink Floyd's Pumply Numb. It was ahead of Van Halen Jump. I, how in the world does this song get like, this high? I, 
it's it's a bit of a it's just a bit of a bland song, isn't it? It's a bit this of a the, this is the worst pick of the list that I've seen yeah. so far by far of the 500. This is like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, it, it just oh my goodness. I just, uh, you know, it's just I, I don't know. I mean, it was covered a bunch. I, I don't know, Coop. I don't know. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. I'm pulling up what Rolling Stone actually had on here, right? And I should have put that in the oh, notes. about it. About, about it. Right? why I, it's I, there. I, I want to see what, what they put as far as this goes here. Like like what they thought this song was good about. And I'm pulling it up because it's slow. Um, because, I, again, I'm just, I don't know where this song even came in previous lists either. Uh, I can't believe this came out of nowhere. So I want to think that they put this on there at one point or another. Um, oh, my goodness. I'm looking at some of the other songs it's ahead of, like, uh, <laughs> it's it, gonna it, hurt uh, you. All right. So they write, uh, "Landslide is amazing, not just because of its stunning reflection on aging, but also because Nick wasn't even thirty years old when she wrote it. I was only twenty-seven. I, I agree with that. I'll agree with that. Okay. I wrote this in, in nineteen seventy, a year before I were, uh, joined Fleetwood Mac. You can really feel old at twenty-seven. Okay, I'll stop that. They're, they're, they're giving it the songwriting credit a little more than than the whole song. I think what they. Oh doing. yeah. It's not a. It is not a. Again, but it's not the best lyrics ever written either no i i yeah i don't know yeah i i i, I this one i just don't like i said you had it at 485 i'm fine I'm yeah well you you just beat out a lot of i mean this beat out mr tambourine man by bob dylan at 164 it, it's yeah i i can't i can't i can't i can't go with it. I, dave i can't go there either i can't even stretch it yeah I can't even yeah i agree yeah but oh the fire that, I, was a land, uh, that was a landslide actually. <laughs> the worst pick by rolling stones thus far on the list oh well i got a pick this now it didn't be out this one this one's a 178 that's billy eilish with bad guy came out in 2019 it is the oh, it is most a new current one. song yeah. on the list um i put i put this is the closest to smells like teen spirit that i've seen since nirvana when this song came out it was so different than other pop music and it was like mammoth when the song came out everybody adored the song it was everywhere um i think meh, meh. It, i wasn't a big it, fan of it but okay oh it was huge i think it, it sort of um i it's sort of, it was interesting because it's sort of it, it was revolutionary in how she did it in that Billie Eilish went against like every sort of pop convention and somehow made a song that sold like a made the guitar copies. obsolete in one single swoop. Well, not just that made like made like the, the hook obsolete made like. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just it was bizarre. It was it just went against every sort of pop convention there was. Yep. And succeeded. Now, I don't think she'll ever get. I mean, looking at it sales-wise and critical acclaim, her second album didn't reach close to this song. Um, I mean, this much this might this might be lightning in a bottle type type stuff, where you never really see this from her again. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, where it's placed, I don't know. It's hard to say because it's so new. <coughs> That's it's hard to say. Like, well, did it, how, does it impact music or not? I don't really know. Um. I, th I said that at the time when it came out, it rendered music that came out a week earlier totally outdated in that you, you listen to a song that came out like, you know, three days before 
and it was totally different and it was great and and she got a great following out of that i think the one thing with this song coop and i'm interested to hear what you think about it but the one thing with this song it's sort of like smells like teen spirit it's sort of like the alec bradley prince sado in that like this song was so huge she can't like live back up to it if that yep. makes sense yep i i i, and, I agree with that and people are always looking for the next bad guy song from her and it's just not it's just not there so it's sort of like um yeah it's just like she can never get quite there again so it's almost like it's almost like uh like she's almost tied to the song in a way but it's a it's a good track not it's not well i'll take what i think is it's not my style of music but you're right on everything you said um this was a big groundbreaker in the music world, no matter how you put this. And you're right. It changed things overnight for a lot of things in the music business. Uh, this was like a 2019 release. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little high, but it belongs on the list. I, maybe I would have had it like around 240, 250. But, yeah. But okay. Yeah. But, but what we're going to see with this is when Rolling Stone does the next iteration of this list, which maybe in about, you know, we don't know when it will be. It could be a decade from now before they do it again. Right. Um, yeah. Where does this happen in a decade from now? And, and I think we could we could in um, if if we see her style of music just go really big yeah. and take over the next decade, this could be a song that we'll see very high because it's going to be a, the impact it's had historically. Uh, if this is a fad, I think this will kind of go down a little. So I think I don't yeah. have a super bad problem at one seventy eight, but I think we want to see I, this is going to be a good barometer for where this put, song yeah. goes. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's it's and it's good that Rolling. I think mean, this is why Rolling Stone updates the list yeah. because you want to give some of these these artists a chance to kind of land in there, and, that, and that's what makes this list I think very interesting. I uh, I, I remember hearing the song and I'm like, how can this song be that popular? Like how can the- Landslide be better than this song? I'm being honest with you, okay? <laughs> because Landslide didn't have the impact that this song had. No. I mean, this no, is, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe the song when it came. Like, how is this song? And it must have been what old people were thinking of. Uh, yeah. Smells like Teen Spirit. They're like, how could people like, like how? And it was huge. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm I'm looking for your next artist to really crush in the upcoming uh, brackets here in the upcoming uh, sections. Yeah. Um. And uh, I am too. And um. This is um. This is interesting because um, this this was kind of in the early days of Madonna, um, and the song is "Into the Groove" by Madonna. Okay, yeah. uh, um, and um, from I just want to pull something up in my notes here. I apologize. Um, this song in 1985 was everywhere on the radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it into the groove is at 161. So it is ahead of landslide. Uh, thank goodness. Um, this song was everywhere in 1985, but it never charted on the Billboard chart because it was the B side to Angel. Mm. This song, but what they ended up doing is this track ended up getting put into a movie called Desperately Seeking Susan. Yep. Which I actually was on a date with my wife and we saw that when we dated. Oh, there you go. And, and, and she's like, this is a horrible movie. Let's leave. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't, I, it wasn't, I've been the worst movies, but it wasn't a good movie, but the music was really good in it. Right. Um, yeah. 
And this song was just the beast. The, the, the radio station just went crazy over the song. It was everywhere. This song, uh, it was mm. overplayed, but, it, uh, and, um, uh, the radio edit version sucks at this, by the way. Um, like the radio edit version is so bad, you can hear where they chopped the song. Okay, they didn't even do a good job at the edit on it, right? But the full version is good. I think it's a great song, and and surprisingly, surprisingly, Madonna does this live, and it's really it's got a whole good spin live. Uh, I mm. like this song. It reminds me of um, the lower New York scene of Danceteria, uh, mm. where I would go. You know, I was a guy. Guy would go to these clubs, and I'd be sitting in the back like Travolta's buddy you know I wouldn't be on the dance <laughs> but 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 it very much ca- uh that song kind of the music kind of captures that club a little bit desperately mm-hmm. seeking Susan and one thing I why I'm not as hard on it as my wife is it kind of captures a little of that lower New York scene um yep. but yeah I, I think it's I so I'm, I think this absolutely belongs on the list I think it's about right where it, it maybe a little high maybe a little high I was even say yeah um and um the other thing is that there are some great covers of this song um, mm. don't let this name fool you, but Adam Lambert did this on Glee. Mm. And, You're a big Glee uh, fan. I like I'm not a Glee fan of the show, but I love the music. I like some of the music they play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the first Madonna song that's come on the list. So Madonna right. had, So yeah, this is the first Madonna song that's come on the list. She's gonna crush. Yeah. Oh, and then Danny Minot, who's Kylie's mm. sister, did uh, mm-hmm. a, a, like a cover, but it's called Don't Lose This Groove, but it's got the same music in it. Yeah, so this kind of was wondering where's Madonna been on the list. This is the one I'm going out. Like, I can see four or five Madonna songs that would be ahead of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't think like you know I'm into that Confessions of a Dance Floor. I don't think any of that stuff's gonna be higher. But Holiday in uh, Lucky Star, Borderline, Poppin' on Pre, Vogue, Vogue. Yeah, uh, I mean, like this, a virgin, like a virgin. Uh, you know, like a prayer. I mean, so yeah. there's a lot yeah. like, for Madonna to just show up at 161. The question is, how many songs is she? I gotta say, she's gonna have three more, two or three more. Oh, I, I, I don't know how that. you leave some of them. And this one, I wouldn't put as the top one either, but it's a good song. That's yeah, good song. Yeah. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. I think she's gonna just crush. Yeah. Coming up here. But yeah, surprisingly, we're talking about Madonna for the first time on this list. I know that is surprising. Yeah. Uh, one band that's not going to crush <laughs> is my next one, Television. Uh, this is going to be the only one song that I don't think we're going to see them again. Uh, but I got to give my props to Television where I can. It's sort of a punk avant-garde band. Yeah. Sort of in the mold of Talking Heads a bit. Um, and I hope to see some Talking Heads coming up here soon. Um, there's a 10-minute track, which is double every other track on the record, which is pretty crazy. It's got this very sort of prog kind of vibe to it. It's very epic in style. Very glittery guitar and vocals. Um, I said the uh, vocals are a mix of unbridled youth and heroin. <laughs> sort of for the vibe I get. Uh, but it's a great track. Uh, I like television as a band. They sort of are a precursor to a lot of the bands that come out after them. Um, I don't think they're going to get another track, Coop. But this this is a very good track. I thought this, it was a little high. Marquee, Marquee I got Moon. That- a little high. It was a little high. In yeah, my I gave you that. It's uh, a, it's a good, it's a good track. It, it moved up from three seventy two mm. in two thousand three, which I'm okay with at three seventy two. I don't know what, why Dave did this move up two hundred spots. I don't know. I mean, the only thing yeah, I can like think I of, would, yeah, I, I would split the middle on it. 
to be honest. Between I'm okay two. with that. I'm okay with that. But I, the only thing I can think of is is if it's impact, maybe like the sound sort of is like an early. It definitely wasn't a big U.S. thing. It really wasn't a big U.S. impact. I but it did have an international impact, is what I'll say. Mm. Uh, maybe just had some. Uh, I, I like that. Maybe the I like voters this, are just television fans. I, I like this track, by the way. I love it's kind of a longer track and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, that's a good I, track. Yeah, I mean, I, they. I think if you get the single, they split an A side and a B side of this song. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I so, I don't. I mean, one of the things with the with the the list that we have to keep in mind is that these voters. You don't know if these voters are like television fan, like because the. the they only have a certain number of voters, so maybe like the voters that came in are big television fans. And this time around, I don't know. I mean, it's like landslide. Like maybe the people just really love landslide for some reason. I don't know. I yeah, but that's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you know, yeah. but landslide's better than this song, Coop. Uh, agree. <laughs> um, agree. But no, there you go. But yeah, Marquee Moon by Television. Yeah. Good song. Um, yep. Yep. A good song. I agree with you on that. Okay. Another song. Your song just barely beat out Landslide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think this was a little high, too. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and this is the third song on the list by this band, right? Yeah. The Who. And uh, the uh, the song is uh, Bob O'Reilly at 159. Mm-hmm. So the who's been at 295 with won't get fooled again and 232 with my generation. And now Bob O'Reilly comes at 159. I, I don't know if there'll be another who's one more. This is surprisingly higher than those two. Um, so I'm not really sure what, what the mag is, what Rolling Stone had in mind uh, w- with this one. But again, a lot of these are pretty close when you get into this part of the list. Um, yeah. This is this is Peter Townsend's, you know, got this is a rock opera song that 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 he's doing. Uh, it was for the Lifehouse Project, which was the follow up to Tommy. Um, mm. so this is a uh, you know, it's a story. It, there's a whole story involved with this. Um, but the Lifehouse Project, I think, never happened, and they ended up putting this on Who's Next album. Bob O'Reilly's the lead off track. Uh, you know, the whole sort of teenage wasteland. Um. Great song. Um, it's a great song. I, I'm surprised at who has three already compared to some of the yeah. other. That's why I'm just kind of going, but I don't see them having another song. Who are you? I don't think it's going to be on there. Behind Blue Eyes? I don't see it. I, I think this is, you know, these, this is a staples who song. Bob mm-hmm. O'Reilly won't get fooled again. And our state in my generation, they're staples. So I'm trying to think. Uh, I cannot see who are you. If who are you is ahead of this, then this list should be, uh, mm. they should be disbanded. Uh, uh, I, I just, yeah. Um, I don't know. Pinball Wizard? Yes. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they they covered Pinball Wizard, I should say, for Tommy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, Elton did Pinball Wizard. I'm all confused. Elton did Pinball Wizard, and the who covered it years later, I think it was. Well, like they got that right. all gets confusing. It'll, it gets that gets Maybe. very that gets very confusing. Everybody covers everybody around this time. I mean, they've had a lot of singles, uh, you know, the Who over the years, but they don't have a. 
you know, they don't have a lot of albums in here. Uh, I'm just looking at their discography here. The, um, I just don't see anyone else here. Uh, no. So who are you is really it. Um, Behind Blue Eyes, you mentioned, would be the other one. Yeah, so... Uh, Pinball, they do have, they did pinball wizard they did do pinball, pinball wizard on, on the time yeah yeah so yeah i don't i don't know i don't know where it would go yeah um, so it was yeah it was pinball wizard by the who first then then uh oh so that would be the only other one i could see is pinball wizard maybe yeah, that would be the only I one i could yeah uh nina simone uh Miss- yeah i knew you were gonna pick this one Mississippi, goddamn at one seventy two. Uh, apparently, not as good as landslide, but uh, no. <laughs> Nina, activist, as much as a singer. This is probably her first sort of uh, foray into sort of activist singing, for lack of a better term, and for civil rights stuff. She did do a whole lot of it beforehand, and then she wrote this track in response to a bombing in Alabama that killed four uh, black children. And then the killing of Medgar Evers inspired this song, which then from this, she'll turn into like, have a lot of iconic protest tracks moving forward. Um, But I love Nina Simone. um, Very influential uh, artists, just in music in general. And, uh, and I think I'm okay with where it's placed. I'd be happy to see another Nina Simone track up here. Um, I think you may get another one. Um, but this song is uh, is uh, very good. And uh, um, I like, really like Nina Simone, so I'm glad it made it on here, especially as high as it did. Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll see another Nina Simone track on here. The only thing uh, I can think of is a cover of Strange Fruit, possibly. Yeah. Um, so that's a Billie Holiday song. It, 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 yeah. I, I can maybe see that one. I agree on that. Maybe, um, uh, yeah. But it's but it's a, it's a. I'm glad that it made it anyway. Yeah, and I was just looking to see if she was on the previous list here, and my notes, of course, are. I apologize at times. My role, my my notes when I have to. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know if this song was ever on another list. I don't have any data on that one, so. I I would doubt it. Yeah, I don't uh, think so either. Yeah. Well, what do you say? It's about right. I think it's a. I don't probably. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, without knowing the rest of the list, I mean, I think it should be higher than landslide. But uh... absolutely, should be higher than landslide. No question. (laughs) More impactful. It's got better lyrics. It's better everything. Yeah. Um. Oh. I'm on my last. I left this one. I left this one for you, Coop. Oh, I know you did. Took it. I'm glad you took it. Yeah, uh, a similar vein with again separate the music out from the person here. Uh, but I oh, this guy was a funny dude, right? Uh, uh, the song, uh, the artist is uh, Rick James. Yeah, the song Super Freak, and it's 153. Um, totally fine with his song, is first of all. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, Rick James again, this guy, uh, he had his problems, okay? No question, yeah. this guy had his problems. Uh, but what a talent this man was as a songwriter, as a producer. Um, and uh, it, this has moved up quite a bit, this song, right? It was 477 back in 2000. Um, That's I'm crazy. Uh, That's a crazy and, jump. Wait, 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 wait. We get this. 477, 2004. Drop down to 481 in 2010. Highway robbery, by the way. 
Yeah. And then sprung up to 153 now. That's crazy. It's crazy, right? Um, and look, this, so yeah, this is like one of the most nutty ones that's happened. Um, you know, a freak is not a weirdo. It's got, it's, got, it's, it's a sexually adventurous weirdo, mm. is what I understand. <laughs> um, Rick James, this is Rick James. This is vintage. Rick James had this funk vibe to him. Mm-hmm. He, you know, there was a rivalry with Rick James and Prince. They did not like each other, from what I understand. And they were very, you know, at the time, these were, they were kind of coming in with that funkish sound uh, with the arm, you know, that Rick James, I think, had some of that Minneapolis type of sound to him as well. But from what I understand, they hated each other. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, Rick James, uh, Rick James, man, got involved with drugs and weapons and would go yep. to jail. And, yep. Prince, you know, and, and, you know, it what could have been a great rivalry. It wasn't a great rivalry. Um, yeah. And but, you know, the other thing I'll say is if you find the 12 inch version of this song and it's out on Spotify, too, the 12 inch version is one of the best 12 inch versions. It's the one they played in the clubs and everything. It's, it's got a really good jam going on. Uh, in okay. the middle, and, and this jam's gonna remind you it's it's in this Prince vibe. Now, Super Freak was an '81 song, and Prince really he was a little bit ahead of Prince, I think, on some of this. Prince didn't really get big until about a year or two later. So, this was mm-hmm. a monster hit in '81, from what I remember. Um, and then and then he went and produced Eddie Murphy, which, meh. yes. But then he <laughs> produced a band called the Mary Jane Girls. The marijuana mm. girls, uh, which was mm. that, that showed his talent as a producer. So, uh, you know, I think this is about right. With, I mean, this song should not have been because it was very I think it was a very I think the influence of this song like might have fueled Prince a bit to do some of the things he did. I'm sure Prince, while he may not have liked him, he had to say, wow, this guy's doing some stuff, cutting edge stuff with music. So oh, I, I think they, I, I'm, I'm OK with where this song came. Yeah. I'm sh- I'm shocked it was as low as it was. As I, I'm shocked, and it went down, and it went down, and the book. That's probably crazy. Thing. So I, I, you know, again, I don't know what kind of fueled such a a, a spike, but like I said a lot of these are, a lot of these songs spiked up in this part of the list, which was which was unusual. Mm. My last one is Howlin' Wolf with Spoonful at one fifty four. Uh, there's not a lot of blues on this list, Coop, and so no, we it's got a very blues week list. You're right. So we got to celebrate it when they're there. Um, amazing, soulful vocals. Uh, the the track itself and artists like Howlin' Wolf inspired people like Tom Waits. And then, of course, um, these early blues guys inspired the entire British invasion from Zeppelin to Stones to Beatles. They all sort of drew from this early American blues uh, canon. And yeah, I mean... There's not, like I said, there's not a lot of blues on this list. So I think there needs to be more blues on this list. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're going to change. I doubt it, but uh, this is a great, great track. Uh, and you got to celebrate the blues, Coop, when you yeah. can. So this yeah. one moved up from a previous, um, a previous, um, you know, this, this moved up from a previous, uh, meh. It, list so this will yes. get from like two uh 19. i just think that like for how influential the blues were in artists like elvis and the beatles and zeppelin and stones and kinks you think it would be they'd have more blues on the list yeah you i know? mean and, you know and then cream did their version of this song like too mm-hmm. and uh yeah so i mean i i agree this was a very you know i'm okay with where this song is actually 
I don't have a pro- I don't have too much of a problem. I mean, it's maybe a song folks some folks haven't heard before. It's worth worth listening to, and you want to listen to the Howling Wolf version of this, which is the original. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Oh, your fi- What are your final thoughts, Coop? Uh, I'll give you final thoughts. I'll go to Mano. Uh, I will mention actually, where are the Beatles? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're gonna, they must. It's like Zepp, it's like Zeppelin as well. Uh, where's they Zeppelin? Must, yeah. Now they now, must just Ro- dominate. Like Rolling they Stone must just stu- dominate higher. Yeah, the Rolling Stones snuck on here. Uh, mm-hmm. they came on with uh, Wild Horses was at one ninety three. So, but yeah. you know where where is this? And you know I should add where's Madonna? Like I said, but yes. Madonna finally shows up. Prince, um, you more know, more Prince. We're looking more pr- for more Prince. I'm I'm a little perplexed, Dave. What's happening with the list? Because I, I thought we would see more 90s and 2000s in, in this section, and we're not seeing it. Um, and Maybe they're too high. Maybe they're too, maybe, yeah, maybe they're going to, but, but what I saw is I saw some of these artists move up, like, and I didn't see the 90s and early 2000 artists move up. Yeah. I'm seeing the 70, 60s, 70s, and 80s artists were the ones that moved up here. A little surprise here is what I'm saying, because we thought, you know, this updated list was going to give like more Billie Eilish, we would say. And we, yeah. we, we didn't see that yet. So uh, in, interesting. I think it's an interesting list uh, for sure. I know you have some thoughts on this. Yeah, I it. My main takeaway is I think Madonna and Prince are going to do well, but the blues and metal coupe are largely missing. And we've been talking about guitar. Based rock and like your hard rock. Right. Largely missing from the list or or not. Yeah, just metal specifically. Like, there's just not a lot of blues metal on the list at all. No. You know? Yeah. And it's 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 surprising. It's a, it's I, a I'm it's, surprised on it too. It's two genres that like as we're going through this list are very um very uh very missing, very yeah. lacking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see now that we're in the top 150, like if that changes, if it stays the same, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. This was a very tight list, like I mentioned. Yeah. And there's a lot, I think there were a lot of honorable mentions. I just want to rattle through them uh, quick. Yep. David Bowie changes at 200. Mm. 198 Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 196 Sex Machine by James Brown. Yep. Wild Horses at 193 by the Stones. Ode to Billy Joe by Bobby Gentry, 191. I was surprised that one was as low as it was. Mm. Even though I didn't pick that one. Um, You Are the Sunshine of My Life by Stevie Wonder at 183. Yeah. Um, Oh, Space Odyssey by by David Bowie was 189. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Um, They're moving down the list. I think uh, American Girl by Tom Petty, 169. Yeah. And I missed another one. What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, 171. That, that, uh, yeah. I, I think that's about right, if not a little high. I'm going to be honest with you, but, but it belongs on the list. Uh, Mr. Tambourine Man by Bob Dylan at 164. Yeah. Um, Teenage Riot by the Sonic Youth, 157. Yeah, I saw that uh, by Sonic Youth. Yeah, it's good to see Sonic Youth. I mean, it might be a bit high. But it's good to see Sonic Youth on there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Proud Mary by Clarence Creedence Clearwater Reviver at, at one fifty-two, 
and Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow by the Shirelles at uh, 151. But Dave, I looked at this section. It was only the stuff 90s and beyond was uh, the strokes at last night at 155. Yeah. Yeah. Night Swimming by REM at 91 uh, from 1992 at 160. That is, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Oh, we got Lose Yourself, Eminem, 167, 2002. Um, there wasn't, like I said, uh, you know, Bad Guy, obviously, of uh, Billy Ellis, 178. Uh, nothing compared to you, Sino Kano, 184. Um, so again, there wasn't a lot. Oh, my, the Getter Boys, uh, Mind Playing Tricks on Me. Yes. One, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have that one? Wait, you didn't have that one. No, I didn't have that one, but that's on there yet. Yeah. So there wasn't, a, like I said, I'm going back, there wasn't a lot from 1990 on on this section it was very surprising to me i thought we would have seen more of it maybe i think we're going to see more of it as we go further but beyonce still beyonce still has to make her mark really yeah and like i said uh we keep talking about yeah this this song's top 100 uh the spots are dwindling Mm -hmm. and you know there's artists that we talked about uh, yeah we're gonna see another song from them and we haven't seen it yet that's right like I, I was like when when I finally saw a Madonna song on here, I'm like, wow, we went we went six and a half sh- of the shows before we yeah. got the Madonna song. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, but good good uh yeah, good, good list. Good. I'm very excited to start dipping. I want to get to that top one hundred so bad. Yeah. I agree. Um I agree. speaking of where we're at, what are where are your serious cigar at, Coop? Wow. So, you know, what's funny. I looked this up. Uh, this is I'm about the end of this. Right. So I didn't have time for the second one. The Bandolero uh, Firecracker is a, is a slow smoke. It's, mm. it, it's a small. It's a s- slow. And it, it's slower smoke than I thought. Um, this probably would have been about 60 minute smoke had I not been talking. Yeah. Not I've gone almost yet. 90 minutes with it. So but that's because I was talking. So, yeah. It's great. Rich tobacco flavor, uh, a little bit of cocoa in there. Not mm. overwhelming with the spice, uh, leaving me to want more. Uh, of, this is another oh, nice. firecracker. Yeah. Another great firecracker. I'll have to check that out. The combustion is perfect on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if I get, when I get more of these, I'll definitely get some to your way. So uh, I think you'll like this one, Dave. Mm. Now, I have a question for you with this with this cigar coop. So it's the it still got I still got a fair bit. Um, construction on it was excellent. It has sort of like it hits you like a truck out of the gate. It's very strong. And yeah. then the strength kind of like goes away. Um, some good coffee notes, a really good sweetness, like midway through. Yep. It's a good cigar. But my I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. But my question to you, Coop, I mean, this is like a 56 maybe by like five or, or so. Um, have you ever had a cigar where it's like just too much cigar? Because I, yeah, I had that. I had that with this cigar. Like I'm smoking. I'm like, this is. I mean, I'm liking it, but like, there's just too much cigar here. Like this could stand to be a bit smaller. Um, here's what I'll say, and I'll give a little spoiler of things to come. Not at a fifty. I so I smoked that ninety ring gauge Asylum. Okay, that's oh, a very Jesus. extreme. It's not meant to be smoked. Okay, it, it's too big to smoke it. Okay, uh, even I like a big ring gauge. You know, I think 56, when you start getting into the 56 to 60 and above range, I don't know why more manufacturers don't taper the head on these cigars. Yeah. And give you give you the opportunity 
because I like when you do that, right? And the lun- some of the JFR lunatics by Agonorsalif do that. What I like about that is if you can make the cigar a little more manageable, right? And you can still benefit from the expanded fillers in that cigar. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, I think the answer is yes, Dave, for sure. Um, it, it definitely plays a role in that. Um, and I think, I think w- with this cigar, I agree with you on that. Uh, the, uh, the FOAB um, is the other one. So the yeah, I haven't had is that. actually the fifty six. That's I think a fifty four. Okay. Yeah. So it's 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 not as big as the unless you're smoking the Foab. Are you, are you sure you're smoking the Moab and not the Foab? Well, see that here's the thing. The Foab is right? six. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. Right. They're like I get busy. these. I get these cigars. All it's got is the skull and bones on it. Like I don't know what this cigar is. Dave, like, I, I was just. Fr- yeah. I'm just guessing off of what they carry at Briar Patch. And shout out to Briar Patch. Yeah. You shout made out. me smoke. You made me smoking the Foab. Um, it's too much cigar. Yeah, because the, the Moab, I thought, was a 54. But, yeah, this is the problem I've had with the Skull and Bones from day one. Uh, there's too many of them, and you, their sizes, it's tough. to. What I'd like to see Andre do, and I love Andre, and I, I always seem like I'm picking on him these days. Andre, put 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 the size on the band and put the year that's yeah. being released. I mean, Put a secondary it, band on it. It's Foab on Moab 2020. I mean, that's all this needs. That's all you can put a secondary band with that. And you know what? You've suddenly made all your collectors very happy. There's guys who collect this stuff and they, they wanted this stuff and they love comparing and contrasting. But you will make people so happy. And instead, I, you're, you're now depending on someone to write with a Sharpie. Uh, with yeah. This stuff. yeah. So I, and then poor Dave gets it sent and he doesn't know what it is. But hey, it's I love it. And I love yeah. you, Briar Patch. Briar yeah. Patch. Love you. I, uh, it's a good cigar. I mean, I think for me, the skull and bones, right? If I want a big skull and bones, it has to be like the big Ivan. It has to be like a stick of dynamite. Like, yeah. I think that for me, that's where Andre does the best. Big cigars is when they're really rich and really strong for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I would have liked it a little bit smaller, but it's a good cigar still. Good flavors. Great construction. Yeah. No, I agree. New music coop. Yeah, new music sponsored by Cigar Hustler. Um, you can go to their store in uh, Deltona, Florida. Great selection of cigars, anywhere from boutiques to tried and true brands. Uh, great lounge to smoke in. Uh, I always talk about the great customer service I get there when I'm down there. Of course, if you can't get there, um, get to get on uh, CigarHustler.com. Get on their mailing list. Uh, yes. The midnight. Uh, they send that stuff usually at midnight on Fridays with with uh, their new releases. And the email is the best way to get hold of it. And uh, if you like that LCA stuff, they'll keep you up to date on that. Of course, they have the Postani brand and now all their collaborations they're doing these days, right? With um, yeah, the the Room One One One. Yep, yep. And I know we will be seeing Mike. By the way. By, oh, breaking news. Ooh. Not only is Mike going to be at the show with uh, Postani, Skip is going to be at the show we're hearing. Roma, oh, came in he? at the last, Roma came in at the last minute. Smaller booth. Oh, I didn't think they were doing it. Yeah, this is breaking news happened over the last week. So um, uh. so I'm sure we'll be seeing both of those guys at the media compound. Um, I have to send them an email on something related to the media compound. So, Ooh, um, yeah, so definitely we'll keep you get them posted on that but yeah definitely get on to get cigar hustle great guys and uh you know uh look forward to seeing them at the show i uh i i and you definitely want to get on the mailing list because he's going to start getting the uh the uh 
uh, Last Calaverson pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, I like be coming out soon. So I like the job they did. On with, that. Yeah, I'm excited to smoke that one this year. Oh, yeah. But I mean, those samplers and stuff are going to go fast. So, yeah, be sure to uh, be sure to get on that mailing list, you know, when they come out. Yeah, I agree. You want to get on that. Um, new music, Coop. Here we go. The first one I said, you can read the review on it. Beyonce, Break My Soul. Very 90s house vibe. Um, I say it might be a uh, 2022 summer hit. Um, the, the record comes out on the 29th. I'll be interested to hear what the record's like, but uh, it's always exciting to get a Beyonce record. And this year, Coop, we got a Harry Styles record, a Kendrick Lamar record, and a Beyonce record. Big yeah, year. Big, big year. Big year, but not a big year music-wise, I don't think. No, big year with releases, though. Jesus. Yeah, but it's a big year, yeah. Um, oh, and this coup, Ozzy Osbourne with Jeff Beck, patient number nine. I know, I know. This is this, this good. I just, uh, I, I wrote, I wrote in my notes. Is this a great song? No. Is it amazing? And Ozzy at seventy three can still throw it out on a chorus. Fuck yep. yeah. <laughs> exactly. This chorus is amazing. It's the song for me is all about the chorus. It, it is. It's totally about the chorus. Uh, and it, you, you kind of yeah. You know, my dad was a closet Ozzy fan. And oh, things. yeah. He, he drove Ozzy and stuff. So uh, I think he's smiling that Ozzy came out with a little glimmer of his past <laughs> with this. Yeah, I think that the, the song is not good, but the chorus gives you that little glimmer of like Ozzy during the like crazy right. train vibe. Right. Like you get a little bit of it and it's yeah. worth it. Just and for it's that. cool with Jeff Beck on this. I mean, how cool yeah. is it with Jeff Beck? Who's, yeah. Again, you know, like, unfortunately, my kids know Beck. They don't know Jeff Beck, you know, oh, Jeff Beck. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, I mean, like I said, if, if you're an Aussie fan, like I'm an Aussie fan, you get a little bit, he captures just a bit of that old Aussie in that chorus, and I love it. And yep. he's 73. I mean, come on. Exactly. You don't have any more Aussie uh, songs you're going to get. So, no, because no, when artists start getting into their 70s, they don't go into the studio much anymore. So keep that in mind. No, so check check it out yeah. if you can. Yep. Um, album Archaeology, I said it before. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, I don't, uh, I don't know what I do not want what I haven't got. It, it was a, it came out in the nineties, just a killer record did really well. Um, it's got some great tracks on it. Black boys on mopeds, which is a track around racism around the UK around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, stretched out on your grave. Nothing compares to you, which we talked about and last day of our acquaintance, uh, which I love that song. It's just a, it's just a really good album. It is a very um, good album. You know, I, I said my spiel about it earlier, but it's very good. This is a, a solid. This was a second album, and this is a great album. Solid, solid, uh, solid yeah. record. So, yeah. so be sure to check that out. Yep, I agree. That's all I got, Coop. Wow, that's all I got too. So, uh, great show, um, Dave. Thank you so much. Um, so I will be at PCA uh, next when we record next. So we we I think we'll talk about our next show will be. On the 25th broadcast, right? Yeah, so, near the end of the month. Yeah, near the end of the month. Um, so we are finalizing like, what that show. So there'll be a show. There'll be a show. We're gonna finalize what it is. Um, mm. this may be a guest show, so we'll get that together. You'll hear it from us. But yeah, we won't be back on until later in the month with PCA. And then Dave's got some stuff going on. So uh, we'll be we'll be back though for sure later in the month. So, but uh, be sure to check out check out all Coop stuff on PCA, man. You yep. gotta, he's gonna have it covered. No, we're gonna have it covered. Uh, we're gonna be doing a couple of uh recap shows in the compound. 
Uh, I think there'll be some Facebook streaming as well, some impromptu stuff. Uh, we, yeah, well, it's just going to be a big show for everyone, which Dave, we got to get you out there at some point. Uh, oh, yeah, I got to figure that out. Um, so we'll, we'll, but I'm looking forward to Minneapolis in December. So, uh, that's right. I actually talked to Matt and Garrett this week, just kind of finalizing some plans because I may, I'm going to stay and do their show on Monday night as long as I'm up there. So I confirmed that. And I just, now I'm just shopping airline tickets. So, uh, so I'm excited for that. So that would be great. Yeah. It'll be the next best thing. Actually, it'll, it'll be better, Dave. The trade show, as much as I want you to see it, it's so much work that uh, <laughs> this is going to be much better. Yeah, this will be fun. So, um, but yeah, thank, first of all, thanks to our audience. If it's 4th of July, stay safe. Guys, be, mm. be careful with those fireworks, please. Um, I know firsthand you can do some damage. So uh, if you're not careful, so be careful with that stuff. Stay safe. Um, and we'll catch everybody next time.